Hello and welcome to Escape Pod 20, a podcast series celebrating 20 years of Escape Studios, the UK's premier VFX animation and game art training and teaching institution. Escape Studios is a rookie certified school, Unreal Authorized Training Center and Houdini Certified School, so you know our curriculum is a bit of industry quality. The podcast episode today covers the year 2007. For our celebrations, we have with me today David Prescott. Hello, David. Hello. How are you doing today? Good and you? Very well. Thank you for joining us for our 20th anniversary. I should probably mention that uh, to our listeners that you've been uh, a great uh, supporter of Escape Studios over the years. You've been uh, a guest speaker on, on more than one occasion, as well as uh, mentored some of our students, as well as brought in some of your team to also mentor uh, some of their group projects. And um, we're looking forward to having many more, um, many more meetings with you. In fact, we re- recently had uh, your uh, dear friend Taylor Mole to do our evening with, and um, and some of your other colleagues to do some uh, guest blogs. So thank you so much for for taking the time out to see me and and um, and and, uh, and for speaking with us today. Good, I'm glad to be here. Escape's always been a fun partner for us and a great group of people and students. So anything we can do. Cool. So the reason um, I've decided to put you in the slot 2007 is because when we go back. The really exciting thing is that there were a lot of changes in the industry at that time. So it, the industry was becoming kind of not just about filmmaking, but it was about filmmaking and visual effects and not just uh, in shot in camera, but bringing CGI into, into films more often to, to try and shoot the, the unshootable film. Um, during that time, I believe you were at Digital Domain and you've been working more as a digital artist, and then you, you moved into being a visual effects supervisor. Could you tell me a little bit about that time in, in your history? Yeah, so I was, this 2007, I was on my third film probably as a visual effects supervisor by that stage. So I joined Digital Domain in the mid-90s as a CG artist, as an effects artist, progressed my kind of way up the rungs and, and done a couple of movies. And by 2007, I was visual effects supervising Transformers at the studio and kind of walked into that role o- over the years. Which still stands up today and has been, has been hailed as the best of all the Transformers films. I think it's weird that. I don't know, I don't know how you judge that. I think for a lot of films that set a mark in the industry and then become uh, franchises, the first of is often remembered more fondly than the others, and not necessarily for the right reasons. So I think something like Transformers, uh, you know, giant fighting robots, you know, there'd been, there'd been a couple of other movies, but it was definitely on a new scale, and so the first one is always seen as that, that way around. I don't know that I would judge one better than the others, but I think often the first of a series is the one that kind of, I don't know, breaks the ground, because I don't know it was that groundbreaking, but it definitely kind of breaks that mold. But I, I mean, I, I recall, I mean, even now, I, I remember just, you know, it wasn't, I remember thinking Transformers, it wasn't my bag, it was my, you know, my little cousins, they would have loved it kind of thing, you know, the boys, that they, they all had their Transformers and were fixated on Transformers. But I remember actually watching it and being blown away by the reflections and the light and the metal and all the kind of 
all the kind of materials and and I guess it's all about getting shadows right and things like that. What were the big challenges at the time? I think it's at scale. Um, you know, we've done all of that in the industry by that time. Um, but when you do it at scale, you do it at that much, those many things, that much, and it just gets more and more. One of the biggest challenges with the whole show across the board is it's incredibly hard to get hard-surfaced robots like that that don't really have much deformation in, in them to emote. And so I think the performance of trying to get something to feel like it has an emotion when it really is just, you know, it's a robot, was one of the biggest challenges. Um, and, you know, when you're working with Michael Bay, it's, you know, it's Bayhem. It's a big, <laughs> bad, a boom kind of thing. And, and you just kind of want to continually up every shot because that is the movie. Whether you like that style or that film or not, that is what it is. It's, it's about big, giant metallic objects fighting and beating each other up. And, that, and that's what it is. And you have to kind of switch into that gear and have fun with it because it can be really fun. So you've also been involved in not just the kind of, uh, you know, the making of the, 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 the image itself, but also actually building um, out of, you know, doing the research and development and the previs and, and putting together motion control sequences and things like that and bringing all those elements of filmmaking together, which sometimes can get lost because really people have to remember it's about, you know, you're looking through the camera is what it's supposed to be looking like, right? Um, is there something about that that keeps you coming back for more? Like, is it, do you love those challenges? Is it the technical challenge you love or is it the I creative think, challenge? I don't know, I, I, you know, I got into the film because I wanted to, you know, I saw The Dark Crystal when I was a kid and I just wanted to make that. And I, want, I, I, was, and, and I knew Dark Crystal was puppets, I knew what it was, but the fact that a film that I knew how it was done or could see roughly how it was done and that that could, take me into another world and there was this fantasy world that it just intrigued me that i could maybe do something that could create these worlds and so really i, I love this I've, I've always loved this idea and i say it a lot that you know technology and innovation opens up new stories to be told for filmmakers and that filmmakers push the industry that they're forced to come up with new technology and thing. And I'm always, you know, I studied art as a designer. I was an artist as a kid. I was not great technically. Um, and for me, it was just really, I love solving problems. And this industry was just always about solving problems. So whether it was motion capture or uh, motion control, sorry, or this, that, and the other, it was just always about like finding cool ways to continue to make movies. And then really being a student of film, I, I think we're all and always have to remain students of film, whether it's looking past or looking at what peers are doing now or looking at what people might do in the future. It's about storytelling and, and whether you're using some amazing technology or you're using rehashed ideas from the past. At the end of the day, it's pick the right poison to tell the story. I couldn't agree more. Um, are there any directors that you're really keen to work with again or that you haven't worked with that you'd love to work with? That's a tough question to answer. I mean, I've, 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 I've had really good experiences, and, and I've been ridiculously fortunate for directors and filmmakers I've worked with over the years. Um, I really think it's hard to kind of pair one out and say that. I've never, I had never wanted to become so-and-so's person. 
you know, I never wanted to be this and then I will work with that. I think there's huge advantage to that when you meet that creative pairing for yourself. Um, and I think a part of that for me when I think about it is I don't know that I will supervise another movie or anything like that. That's not where I am on my career track now and it's, it's not what I intend to do. So I haven't really given that thought. I know it sounds like me trying to dodge the topic, but I honestly <laughs> yeah. haven't thought about that for the longest of times. I mean, you could go through every director I've worked with and honestly, I, they're all fantastic and I've, I've been blessed in my career, I think. Well, this kind of leads me actually into my next question. I'm thinking about how, um, you know, you've, you've moved from animation into visual effects and now you're heading the animation, uh, DNEG animation. And um, what do you hope to achieve in that role? Is there something that you have in mind that you've, you've really been wanting to do? Yeah, I, you know, when I left live action, I, I had always kind of, I was always intrigued by, by animation earlier on in my career. And every time I kind of poked my nose into it, looked at it, it just seemed like in CG, in a way, there was so much just to get pipelines working and everything. And I didn't feel there was a world in which you could really kind of stretch your legs in animation because so much effort was just getting it done. And and while everybody that was doing the work at the time, you know, from PDI, you know, that were just forging ahead, um, I thought what they were doing was phenomenal. And, and there came a time in the mid, you know, early 2000s, somewhere around 2007, 8, etc., where you could see that they had figured it out. And now maybe... You could go and play within that realm, which is what I love to do, and now maybe you could really start to do things. And, and so that was kind of my move. Then as the years went on, I, I found myself in a position um, where, uh, you know, Tom Jacome called me and said, would you like to come try and help me take DNEG animation to a, a different realm? And I just felt that the animation industry at that time, we were right on the cusp of this second golden age of animation as it was and animation has always been you know the big box studios and those you know there were the, the three studios that would make animated movies and that was it and and nothing else really occasionally a film would come out and was really good and but it wasn't consistent enough and the industry was moving particularly driven by streamers to particularly driven by by new markets that you could see there was a need for a new type of studio and not just a gun for hire but a studio that really partners and collaborates with people and for me that was really intriguing and we are also in this time of real technology truly freeing people up and and maybe there is a way to kind of innovate new production processes and kind of things and 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 there is phenomenal filmmakers and directors out there from live action who have got incredible stories they want to tell in animation and they're stepping into this discipline from live action and vice versa um and animation's entering you know adult animated themes for a change you know uh, not for a change but but finally uh, and there's just so much going on that it's just super exciting and i, I really want to be part of that and i'd always for the longest time wanted to be really part of building something substantial and you know Tom Jacob built this amazing studio here and uh, it was an opportunity to join him and try and take it to the next level. Cool um, that's it's it actually make me think now when it comes to I mean we've spoken a lot about you know getting the right team for the for the projects and especially now that it's a global 
um, um, environment. You know, you've got teams all over the world. And one of the things is making sure that they're all up to, up to scratch, if you like. So how, what do you think that the challenges are to train the next generation? You know, is it communication skills, soft skills? Is it technology? Do you think it's something about, um, you know, uh, you know do, do you think they just have to have the passion? What, what, do you, what would you like to see in the future of students going forward? All of that. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think all of it. I think, you know, we're blessed in a way if you want to break it down to the most simpler things like we get to make cartoons for a living and someone pays us I mean honestly it's kind of cool right no one's shooting at us no one you know hopefully um, but no it and so it's just I don't know it's just fun we get to make movies we get to fantasize we get to work with incredible creative and technical people and for me, that's phenomenal. And so I think anybody coming into the industry, there is a weird thing that happens in industries as they mature and people start to go like, oh, that's just going to be, anybody can do that now. But you could say that about the digital camera. You know, the digital camera came out and everybody was like, oh, it's going to ruin photography. It's going to ruin filmmaking. Because, you know, somebody at home can now take photographs without having to learn how to develop film. You could look at it that way and go, oh, well, everybody can take photographs now. Or you could look at it as digital cameras gave a bigger range of people the ability to be creative with them, and we saw this incredible photography for people that didn't have access before. And so I think animation for me is the same way. There are tools out there now that you could download off the web or you can animate on your phone or whatever. And, and instead of seeing that as like, you know, being a negative, oh, well, everybody should have hundreds of millions of dollars of equipment behind them to do an animated movie, I think it's completely the opposite. I think it gives access of filmmaking to just incredible talent the world over. Doesn't matter where you are, you can engage. And that should be something that is ridiculously exciting and not scary. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Well, that's super exciting to hear your thoughts on all of those things and i know you're pressed for time because you have a million things going on right now so and it's just i'm just lucky that you happen to land in the escape pod uh today and um, um we're really looking forward to seeing you again soon david and uh if you have any last notes a uh, little round robin anything you'd like to say i don't know that i have anything i don't you know i don't really have words of wisdom i think it's it's an incredible industry and i think if you're dedicated to it um, and, and you, you find places like Escape, you know, there's one side of, of going through a course and learning and studying, and that's one thing, but I would really encourage people to really think about the people around them and form relationships uh, because it's truly incredible how often you come back to people in this industry down the line that you're in college with or you worked at that company. And I think often students don't see the potential importance of the relationships they can build a college. Cool. That's one of the things I would give to people. That's a great final note. Well, um, thanks so much for your time. You. And uh, I guess we're out of here. Thank you, listeners. I hope you've enjoyed hearing from David today. And um, we'll catch you in the next podcast. Thanks again, David. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.